God's word. Dearest Father, thank you so much for the opportunities for us to meet together to over your word. Pray that you'll bless it to our hearts so that we can know you and serve you better in everything we do. In your son's name. Amen. Okay, Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Exalt him, all you peoples. For great is his love towards us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Thanks so much, Rach. Uh, Good morning, my name's Paul. Uh, It's great uh, to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, Really warm welcome. If this is your first time with us, love to meet you over morning tea. Uh, Some of you might be thinking... Oh man, I can move my lunch plans a bit earlier. You know, it's only two verses. You know, we're going to be out of here real soon. So you might see some chocolates up here thinking, man, okay. Uh, let, me, let me say, I guess, the, even though it's two verses, Rachel already said it's mighty. Uh, we're gonna, there's much to ponder uh, in these verses. Um, so how about I pray uh, as we uh, think about these? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Another day to gather as your people and hear you speak to us. We pray now that your word would change us and transform us by the power of your Holy Spirit to see how glorious and worthy of praise you are. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, how can we keep praising God amidst the messiness of life? Well, let me tell you about a few, a couple of friends of mine. Uh, there'll be a picture of them on the screen. Uh, their names are Hannah and Jordan. Uh, there's their son, Harry, up there as well. Uh, and these guys I met a few years ago when I was studying at Bible College. Uh, and they had a beautiful son named Harry, as pictured there. But on Christmas Day a few years ago, uh, I read this post from them on Facebook. It said this. It said, we never expected Harry's second Christmas to be his last. But that is the reality we are facing as we're finding out this week that it is a rare, progressive and incurable disease of the heart and lungs. So amongst the cries of joy to the world and Santa Claus is coming to town, we're holding fast to this one truth. Emmanuel, God is with us. His steadfast love is for us. Praise the Lord. Now you might be thinking, Paul, we're thinking about a psalm of praise. This is pretty heavy and weighty. Um, unfathomable kind of news that these friends of mine faced. But did you see the words they said amidst this, amidst this tough time? They said, praise the Lord. How can they say that? Well, what does it mean to praise God? Uh, One uh, commentator defines praise by comparing it to thanksgiving. Uh, He says this, he says, In thanking God, we fasten upon his favours to us. But in praising and adoring God, we fasten upon his perfections in himself. Do you see what praise is? Praise is adoring and cherishing God for who he is rather than what he has done for us. Praise is centered on the character of God. It's a a verbal recognition of everything God is. Now, don't hear me saying that thanking God is not good. Other psalms are saturated in psalms of thanks. 
They're also, you know, full of psalms of lament, of crying out to God in grief and agony. The psalms are, you know, a beautiful collection of how we can, you know, come to God and cry out to him in all our seasons of life. It's great to do these things. But praise involves a, a different posture. Praise centers our focus solely on God. It turns our attentions off ourselves to focus on him alone. You see, my friends, they didn't thank God for the situation they were in, but they did praise God. They praised him because they knew who he is. They know his character. So the question for us is, how can you keep praising God amidst the messiness of life? For some of you, this is a a real question. Uh, As you feel the weight of life and pressing issues all around you. Or maybe some of you are just sitting there this morning thinking, yeah, I don't praise God. Uh, I don't even have a relationship with God. Why would I praise him? I, I just make do with the messiness of life. Well, this morning, this psalm is going to show us how you can come to praise God and how you can actually keep praising God in the good and the bad of life. It's going to show us that God alone is worth praising. This psalm wants to give us a different perspective, wants to to reorient us, to focus solely on who God is. Now, before we dive into these these two verses, it's helpful to think about the context of these psalms. Uh, Psalm 117 comes in a little bracket of psalms from Psalm 113 to 117. Uh, This psalm is in the the final book of psalms. There's five books that make up the collection of psalms. And this is the shortest chapter in the Bible. And I I reckon, you know, as we've already said a few times, it, it could be easy to just look at it and kind of just rush over it, move on. But this psalm has a, has a beautiful simplicity that, it, that is so important in showing us how to praise God. Uh, this, this bracket of psalms from Psalm 113 to 117 was thought to have been sung uh, as the, the nation of Israel had the Passover meal. Uh, the people of God would gather together each year to enjoy this feast And they would look back and remember how God had saved them from out of Egypt. They would look back and praise God for who he is. So how can we praise God amidst the messiness of life? Well, let's look again. Let's have a look at verse 1. Have a look there with me. It says, Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. This psalm begins with this universal call to praise God. And did you notice how... Uh, wide and narrow this call is. This, is. this call is so wide that it calls all peoples to praise God. Now, this, this isn't a, a future hope or a, a modern re, uh, you know, missionary purpose. This is the truth. There's not one person on the earth who was not created by God who was made in the image of God, who was made to live in relationship with God. So everyone is called to praise him. Now, this psalm is only, it's only 28 words long, and this idea is repeated twice in this verse. The, the psalmist is, is wanting to emphasize this point. Everyone was made to praise God. Doesn't matter the, the color of your skin, doesn't matter how much money in your bank, doesn't matter what background or what culture you're from. All are called to praise God. 
called to, to celebrate him, to, to admire him, to be devoted to him. But did you also notice how narrow this call is? This universal call is only centred around one person. It's centred around the Lord. It's centred around the God of the Bible. Only the God of the Bible is the one worthy of the praise of all people. Now, this this idea of God calling all people to praise him, uh, some have said makes God sound a little bit needy, maybe even a bit vain. Uh, For C.S. Lewis... This was, uh, for a long time, a stumbling block for him to come to trust God. But that was until he came to realise that there's nothing deficient in God. He's not a needy God who needs our praise. Rather, he wants it. He, he wants us. Uh, this, this command for all people to praise him, it's an invitation to relationship with him. It's an invitation to, to enjoy him, to treasure him. For who he is. He is the most precious, the most supreme being in the whole world. He is worthy of praise. Uh, Lewis said this about the idea of praise. He said, the whole world rings of praise uh, for the things that they adore and treasure. Lovers praising their partners. Readers, their favourite poet. Walkers praising the countryside. Players praising their favourite game. There's praise of weather and and wines and dishes and actors, boaters, horses, colleges, countries, historical figures, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, sometimes politicians or scholars. You get the point, right? You could just go on. and, And then he says, we delight to praise what we enjoy and value. Because the praise not merely expresses, but completes our enjoyment. Do you see what Lewis is saying here? He's saying we praise things that we warrant as praiseworthy. And this psalm is saying there's only one truly worthy of every person's praise. There's only one who is worthy of everyone's adoration, and that is God. Our world and each of us get uh, so often stuck praising the gifts God gives us rather than the giver of those gifts. This, This psalm is showing us when you see how great God is, the natural response is to cry out in praise. It's to cry out and, and tell others, join me in praising God. And you know, as, I, as I've been thinking about this psalm, these verses, it got me thinking... Am I someone that praises God or am I just too self-absorbed in my life that I only thank God for what he gives me? Am I just a consumer of the gifts of God? I'm so challenged by my friend's story of them praising God in the tough times of life. They praised, they treasured, they centred their affections on God. They they understood that a a deep relationship with him, it's not centred on them, but it's centred on him. And as I I reflect, I actually thought, more often than not, my words aren't ones of praise towards God. They're often full of requests, full of complaints, whinging, criticising. I so often lack praise. And I don't don't think this is just my problem. Our, Our culture says life is all about us. 
So when life isn't going your own way, when something isn't right, take care of yourself. You're the most important person. You should be able to get what you want when you want. But actually this verse is saying your life is not about you. Your life, you were created for God. You were created to praise him. And why? Why should we praise him? Well, let's, let's read on. Have a look at verse 2. Um, it says, For great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. This verse gives us two incredible reasons to praise God. We should be pra- he should be praised because great is his love, and his faithfulness will endure forever. So firstly, he, he's to be praised because great is his love towards us. Now, the word there, great, has this uh, sense of it being greater than something else. It carries with it the sense of, of God's love prevailing against anything else that came its way. It's the same word used uh, when the great floodwaters prevailed against Noah's ark. Now, let me introduce you to um, a guy named Tom Stoltman. Uh, he's nicknamed the Albatross uh, for his over two-meter-length arm span. Um, and now this, this guy, Tom, is the world's strongest man for two years running. Uh, he's 190 kilos, stands at over two metres tall. Uh, and on, on his way to gaining the, the world strongman title, uh, he broke uh, the world record for um, lifting the heaviest atlas stone. Have you ever seen this? This is the one where they, they pick up these big boulders and put them like on like this, these pillars. Um, and Tom lifted one of these stones that weighed over 350 kilograms. All right? So th- this guy, Tom, incredibly strong man, right? Very, very strong. Now, imagine with me for a moment that Tom was here this morning, wanders down the front, comes up to me and challenges me to an arm wrestle. <laughs> All right? Who, who do you think would win that? Thanks, Steve. Steve's Steve saying me. That's great. Appreciate that. But clearly Tom, Tom would win, right? Tom is in a league of his own. That's exactly how God's love is described here. It's actually even far greater than Tom's strength. God's love is in a league of its own. His, his love is so strong and unmoving, nothing can prevail against it. God's love is unstoppable. And did you see who it's directed to? Did you see who it's directed towards? It's directed towards us. I reckon this is... can, Can you fathom that for a moment? This is probably one of the greatest truths in all of the Bible. That nothing can stand in the way of God's love for you. But this verse doesn't just stop there. It says there's, there's more reasons to praise God. Did you see the second one? He says God is to be praised because his faithfulness endures forever. Now when it talks about faithfulness, uh, this you know, carries with the idea of someone who keeps their promises, someone who never says a lie, someone who is completely trustworthy and true. Now I'm going to uh, illustrate this one with these chocolate bars up here. So I'm going to need um, two people. Uh, two volunteers. I know it's you know breaking in, but we don't usually do much interaction. But let's give it a go. Yeah, Shola. Yeah, I'm Tim. Come on down. Good stuff. Yeah, nice. All right. I want you to hold. Yeah, that's right. Actually, you hold that in. No, I got that in. And then you grab the chocolate bar. Oh yeah. All right, and you grab this one, Tim. All right. So uh, 
This string here, the one Charlotte's holding, is going to illustrate people's faithfulness. And Tim, this one's going to illustrate God's faithfulness. All right? Now, I want you guys just to walk down the aisle. Just keep walking until that string runs out. All right? You just keep going. All right? Go for it. All right? Just keep going. It's good. You just keep going, Tim. It's good. All right? All right? You can take the chocolate bar off if you want, Shola, while we're, while we're waiting. We might be here a while. All right. All right, that's good. That's all right. Thanks, Tim. You can come, come back for us for a moment. Thanks, Shola. You could, you could have a seat, man. Enjoy that chocolate. I think you, you, the point here is simple, all right? Uh, thanks, Tim. Enjoy. I'll take the chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thanks, mate. Now, you, you get the point, right? Um, there is no point. Like, we've got a tiny little bit of string here, <coughs> but there is no point at which God's faithfulness will ever run out. People, they'll let us down. They will be unfaithful. They'll be dishonest. But God... His faithfulness to us will keep going. There's no point uh, in history, past, present or future, where God has not come through on his word. And this, this faithfulness of God was the bedrock of the Israelite trust in him. God had always been faithful to them. Uh, he'd been faithful in saving them out of Egypt. He'd been faithful in bringing them into the promised land. Uh, he'd been faithful in rescuing them time and time again. God promised and he came through every single time. The whole history of of Israel is a monument to God's faithfulness to them. Even when they weren't faithful, God was faithful. Even when they didn't believe he would come through on his word, he did. And why? Why was he faithful to them? Well, have a look at uh, Psalm 115, verse 1. I reckon this gives us a, a bit of a hint. It says... Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. See what it's getting at? God had been faithful for his name's sake. He had been faithful to his people, so he is the one given all the praise and glory. God acted faithfully not because the people were worthy of his loving faithfulness, but because of who he is. How are the Israelite community to keep praising God amidst the messiness of life when life didn't look like it was panning out like they thought it would? Well, this psalm was telling them they needed to refocus on God. They needed to to refocus on him and praise him for his his all-prevailing love towards them and his faithfulness. When doubts or fears or troubles or even prosperity came their way, they were to look to God to praise him and trust him for, their love, for his love towards them and his faithfulness would endure. Now, what about us? How can we sing this psalm? Well, this psalm carries with it this, this general call for everyone to praise God. But in Jesus, 
We have even more reasons to praise God. Because of Jesus, we've experienced God's all-prevailing love and faithfulness to us. You see, God promised long ago that he would send someone into the world to save the world through him, and that was Jesus. Just as the Israelites would look back to the Passover and, and see God's love and faithfulness, we can look back to the cross and see Jesus' death and resurrection and see his love and faithfulness in saving us from death and judgment. See, nothing could stand in the way of God's love. Not even sin and death could stop it. Jesus died on the cross to display, to show the whole world God's love and faithfulness. You see, God did not abandon the world, but he saved the world through Jesus. Jesus went to the cross to open the way for everyone to praise God. In Jesus, we can experience this unceasing love of God for us, a love of a faithful lover to his bride. Ephesians 1 puts it like this. It says, To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Do you see what it says there? In Jesus we praise God for his grace to us. This free gift of love and forgiveness. A free gift of love and forgiveness purchased by Jesus' blood. We can praise God for his all-prevailing love and faithfulness shown to us by sending Jesus. See, this, this psalm wants to turn our eyes off ourselves and bring the focus rightly back where it belongs. Turns our attention to this all-prevailing, strong and mighty love of God for us even in spite of our rebellion and faithlessness. So how do you praise God amidst the messiness of life? Well, does your praise of God wane, maybe depending on how you're feeling or the circumstances you're facing? Or do you join in this psalm, in praise of God, knowing that no matter what happens, God's love is for you? Nothing can stand against it. It's a solid rock. No matter what happens, God is a faithful God who will carry you through. He promises to never leave you and forsake you. That's how we praise God in the ups and downs of life. We focus our attentions on who he is and his love and faithfulness. If you're here today and you haven't come to join in this praise of God yet, if you haven't started a relationship with him, let me say, come, join in praising God today. God God says he loves you, he is for you, and he's going to be faithful to you to the very end. Does that mean hardships won't come? Well, no. But does it mean that he is the only one worthy of praise? Yes. So let me ask you, do you daily give God praise? Even, you know, in the darkest times, knowing that his love for you will always prevail. Knowing that he will be faithful to you, even when you don't understand. I wonder, is your praise actually not even praise at all? 
You just, do you just thank God for the things he's done for you? This is Psalm is saying, don't just stop at giving thanks. Begin to praise God for who he is. Maybe you're wondering, how do I start? Where do I begin in praising God? Well, I reckon the Psalms are a really helpful place to start. The Psalms are littered with things to praise God for. You know, we can praise him for his greatness, which no one can fathom. That he is full of mercy and compassion. That he is slow to anger and abounding in love. That he is faithful to all his promises. That he is near to all who call on him. And I could go on. Maybe this afternoon or this week, just take some time every day to look over the Psalms and think of things, the the things it's telling you that you can be praising God for. That'd be a great use of time. Use these Psalms to, to fuel your praise of God. Do you daily give God praise by singing to him, verbally recognizing who he is? Do you read his word and, and praise him for who he is? Do you encourage those around you as you're reading his word and seeing things that God is worthy of praise? Do you go, man, I read this today. Do you, do you realize how great our God is? Do you call others into praising God with you? Well, let me tell you in closing about another man I know. Uh, his name is Ivan. And he'd been a minister of God's people for over 20 years. Uh, he had three daughters. Um, one of these I uh, grew up with uh, at the church I went to. And um, a few years ago, Ivan uh, had been battling with cancer. And on the same day that I read um, my friends Hannah and Jordan's post on Facebook, I read this on Ivan's. Uh, and this is what he said. He said, So many of you have been upholding me and my family in prayer over the past few years. Through two major surgeries and associated chemotherapy. And so I want to thank you for those prayers. But unfortunately, cancer has appeared in my liver and my oncologist has ceased chemotherapy. I may be able to get into a new immunotherapy trial that may prove to be effective. But no matter what, no matter what happens, I'm very deeply aware of both God's sovereign control and his steadfast love towards me. And I know that his will is best. Praise the Lord. How do you praise God amidst the messiness of life? Well, you focus on him. You focus on his all-prevailing love and faithfulness to you that will endure forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We praise you for great is your love and faithfulness towards us. We praise you that you are always there for us, sharing your love and care. We praise you that you are a God who will never leave us or forsake us. We praise you ultimately for Jesus, for that through him we have received grace and love in abundance. We pray, Lord, that we live lives in light of who you are, a God worthy of all our praise. We pray that we wouldn't get caught up praising the things of this world, but that we'd live each day offering you the praise that is due your name. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. I'm going to invite the musos up now. And we're going to sing uh, a song which is called Come Thou Fount. Uh, and uh, this song paints a beautiful picture of why we should be praising God. It talks about his faithfulness and love to us. So use this song as a, a chance to praise God for who he is and his love and faithfulness towards us. So let's stand and sing. Thank <laughs> you.